Have you ever noticed that podcasts are a little like sharks? When they stop swimming, they die, and they can both smell blood from a mile away. So in the spirit of keeping swimming, I'd like to introduce you to TOS Plus. Putting my business pants on for a second, TOS Plus is our new premium membership thingamajig. It's the all-access pass to a growing library of exclusive horror, sci-fi, and WTF audio fiction, along with access to the regular TOS weekly stories in higher quality, a week early, and ad-free. Once again, that's exclusive episodes, ad-free, a week early, and higher quality audio. You'll also get access to the brand new TOS Plus Vault, where you can grab our ebooks, comics, and desktop wallpapers and all sorts of stuff. All of this is available today via our Patreon campaign, which includes juicy extras like Discord access, audiobooks, and merch. And if you're an Apple user, you can subscribe directly via the Apple Podcasts app. We're now in our eighth year of the podcast, and we've got so many cool projects on the boil none of which would be possible without the ongoing support of our listeners, specifically our premium subscribers, our super-powered patrons, and the many multi-dimensional voodoo priests air-guitaring to the TOS intro jingle. For more, head over to theotherstories.net forward slash plus. Once again, that's theotherstories.net forward slash plus. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> <laughs> If you join the Hawk and Cleaver Patreon account and pledge at the Hawk level, which is £4 and above, you are now welcome to join us for our weekly writing sprints. Every Thursday at 8pm UK time, a few of us will be jumping on Zoom for 90 minutes of writing sprints. So if you're looking for some accountability or a few friendly faces to help you get the words down, be sure to join the Patreon today and sign up to the Discord for more info. That's patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Once again, that's patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. Today's episode is Flotsam, written by John Mansfield and narrated by Justin Fife.
all the feeling left, even the stinging of the salt in my glassy eyes, and I felt at peace floating amongst the other corpses. The moon and the stars were beautiful overhead, and all fear of the denizens of the deep had vanished. Choppy waters tossed me about, but my heart was finally placid. This bliss was interrupted only a minute later by the shadow of a vessel looming over my limp body. My flesh betrayed me then. My limbs started twitching and convulsing in an unnatural way. I don't know the right way for a drowned sailor to convulse. Is there such a thing? Let me just say that I would have just kept cruising if it were me up there and some other poor blighter thrashing and dancing in the midnight foam. But the road to hell is paved with good intentions. This quaint expression holds true for sailors as well, despite the notable dearth of thoroughfares on the open ocean, paved or otherwise. They hauled me aboard in a fishing net and dumped me unceremoniously on the deck, face down. My nose cracked audibly, but I felt no pain. Perhaps it was too late after all. Water erupted from me without coaxing, and I was rolled over with more tenderness now. The worried face of the many deckhands came into view, but I didn't see any of them reacting with the appropriate concern for their own lives. Not one hurried sign of the cross or gasp of sudden realization. They could still save themselves while I was weak, but they didn't see what was so obvious. I stretched and yawned, stood with ease, accepting that I was in the hands of a higher power now. My saviors were surprised, shocked even at my speedy recovery, but not shocked enough. I thanked the sailors for their serendipitous rescue with a silvery tongue, and I promised to repay them with kindness and gold and ale as soon as we reached the harbor. They clapped me on the back and hooted guttural and unintelligible things at me before they were dispersed by a shout from the captain. He waved them away like a cloud of flies and beckoned for me to come to the helm with him, all in one fluid motion. I could see nothing but his vibrant blue eyes inspecting me from behind his long wooden pipe and the aromatic smoke that issued from it. It felt like I floated over to him, but I know that my legs were conveying me. As I stood before the diminutive and withered man, it seemed like he towered over me. His gaze was that of a knowing father who had just caught his boy pilfering cookies, admonishing but secretive, like he wasn't going to get mother if he promised to be good. You may have fooled the others, but I know what you are, lad. That was all he said with his mouth, but his eyes spoke volumes. They twinkled in the moonlight and burned themselves into my memory as he shook his head slowly and mocked me without another sound. Or was he sharing in the joke with me? I was filled with a strange comfort. Was it knowing that I had an adversary that understood me? Was this feeling that intimacy between old friends that is almost a friendship? Or the timeless and mutual understanding between predator and prey? What was this thing that was happening? This stranger could see the cause of my guilty conscience, and it felt more cleansing than confession. There is but one more thing that I can recall. I remember smiling then, and reaching to shake this man's hand. But my grin was toothier than I wanted, and my hand shot up to the captain's throat instead. I awoke to the smoldering and sinking remains of a derelict ship that bore little resemblance to the one I boarded. 
the once ivory hole, was now scorched and accented with the shameful splashes of crimson here and there, and the helm had been torn out of the deck itself, and one of the masts was missing. Everything else was just a blur of ash and human remains. I pray that no soul ever finds me again. Here, there be monsters. The waters of my dreams are filled with sharks, and all of them have my face. I used to just dream about sharks attacking me. Then, when my first son was born, the nightmare shifted to focusing on the sharks and alligators threatening my offspring. It varied, but some aquatic predator would always be lurking a short distance from my child. As if my paternal instincts had started directing the plot and micromanaging the setting of my dreamscapes, inserting a crocodilian chimera of scaly limbs in a stream, or spawning an entire Jaws replica in a swimming pool, that kind of thing. These nightmares were just little reminders that death is creeping about, and constant vigilance is necessary to protect your little ones, or so I figure. But then I read some Jungarian nonsense about the oceans and rivers of my dreams representing the unconscious and the sharks and gators representing my shadow itself. This cast a new light on my nocturnal voyages and made me interpret them in a new way. But I think it also caused my entire psyche to reconfigure like a cerebral version of Pangaea, tectonic plates grinding and lurching into a new supercontinent of concepts and fears. I first noticed it at the finale of a nightmare that jolted me away. My dream eyes saw a great white shark out in the breakers. It was at least 25 feet long and riding inside of a very tall wave. The scary part was that it had my face, but ineffably, my face looked like Michael Douglas, and this distracted from the abject terror of the moment, such as the nature of dreams. It was still enough to rouse me from slumber. I reflected on the vision and thought it was chilling and trippy, but I don't think that I truly grasped the deeper structure of it all, you know? The dreams are just a fun thing to do. Even lucid dreams were just recreational for me then, and not the sacred spiritual journeys that they are now. A year went by without anything spectacular occurring in the dream world. I was well beyond the threshold of drinking age, but I still had nightmares about being late for band class in middle school and other mundane, typical topics. Nothing to write home about. But then the cinematic genius that hides somewhere deep inside of me directed a period piece with a really haunting expressionist feel and gave me a private viewing of my very own theater. This dream was such a masterpiece that it felt foreign, like it didn't belong. I never had one so crisp and portentous. Maybe some dreams really do originate from outside the brain, if you know what I mean. It ended cryptically, but since I was the dreamer, I think that I understand the true message that was hidden there. I realized that there was a shark within me, under my skin, in my gray matter itself. I was a shark in human clothing. Filled with the same hunger and predatory motives, 
but swaddled in a meek and weak form to beguile and embolden my prey. All those around me would suffer because of what I truly was underneath, but I would thrive. Jolting back to the waking world again, I reflected inwardly and saw that my dreams had evolved to the point where I was still afraid of the shark, but I had put the damn thing inside of me. Or had I realized that I was really just the biggest threat to me and my loved ones? Perhaps I had always been the shark, and my perception was the only thing that had changed. It couldn't be that I was really a monster. Who has even heard of a were-shark? Doesn't quite roll off the tongue. No, it was symbolic. But I searched online the next day and found some Hawaiian folklore about the son of a sea god that could take the form of a shark. The story read a lot like, a European werewolf story, just substituting sharks for wolves and whatnot. There was the same violence, suspicion, and whodunit trappings, too. Had I subconsciously heard about this story and incorporated elements of it into my dream? Were these memories from a past life? Was I going crazy? Had I watched too much of the X-Files? And why was it so important to me? Lots of people have lots of weird dreams. You don't have to do anything about it. I mean, when they say to follow your dream, no one wants you to fly or wear your underwear to work, you know? So I buried it deep and moved on with my life. I slept almost well now, but I still remember fragments occasionally, and the sharks always have my face. Just my face, no Michael Douglas. I like it. It's like a constant reminder that danger is near and that no one is to be trusted, not even yourself. It helps me to remember to be good and to restrain myself, too. To resist the urge to unleash my wrath when the rage surges, you know? That's enough blabbing out of me. Toss me a beer and let's get this fishing trip started. Well, they are all dead. Save for the incredible Mr. Limpet over there, so we just need one lifeboat. And I don't care how... hypothermic or traumatized he is. There's no way he is setting foot on this ship. Get him out there. Toss an extra blanket his way and tell the Coast Guard to stop dragging anchor. Jim just stared back at Walton blankly. Mr. Limpet? He did not get the reference and he couldn't make out his captain's intentions either. But the nude man in question couldn't tread water forever and He didn't want to be held responsible for this guy if something else were to happen. So, he started to lower the lifeboat. It was just that the dude had sent some very disturbing things, especially for someone who had just survived a sinking ship. Something smelled fishy. Shouldn't we round up the others? With a bewildered look, Jim gestured at the dozen bodies bobbing up and down in the surf while Walton rolled his eyes. Some were missing limbs, and shark bites were visible on all of them, even from way up here on the deck. Probably teeth broken off in those wounds, too. Don't touch anything. Lower the lifeboat. Walton paused dramatically. And don't raise it. If I catch you trying to, I'll cut the ropes myself. The reef had claimed many boats over the decades. So many shipwrecks and fatalities, but... This was probably the worst in Walton's lifetime. Damn sharks. Great whites, too, from the size of those bites. 
It wasn't the gruesome wounds that bothered him most, but the obvious signs of infection in some of the corpses. He collapsed his spyglass, a gag gift from the crew, and scratched his balding pate. How could any of those people have survived in the water long enough to get infections that severe? The timeline wasn't right. Unless they got some of the bite wounds as early as yesterday afternoon, before the ship sank. The captain cast a shrewd gaze towards the lone survivor, now huddling in the lifeboat and shivering, his pale skin wrapped in several blankets. How was he alive? and with not a mark on him, not even a scratch, unlike the others. Sir, rescue is on the way. Try to stay awake. Tell me again, what happened last night? Walton scanned the horizon as he shouted, desperately seeking the Coast Guard. He felt just a twinge of guilt for not helping the man more, but all of those feelings of compassion ran away when he looked down and saw that crooked, jagged smile flashing up at him. Here, there be monsters. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Flotsam was written by John Mansfield, narrated by Justin Fife, edited by Duncan Muggleton, with music by Duncan Muggleton and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. A quick thanks to our community managers Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch and to Carolyn O'Brien for helping with our submission reading and of course to Ben Arrington for teaching pigeons to deliver social media content from his social media aviary he keeps hidden in his shed. Justin Fife is an audio producer, amateur voice actor, podcaster and video game lover. You can follow him on Twitter at, at JustinB5. Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast... How would you like to support the other stories and also get monthly bonus episodes, Q&A episodes, access to the Hawk and Cleaver Discord server and writing sprints, along with access to the HNC library, which includes ebooks and comics. If that sounds like fun, head over to patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver and join today. The other stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. So, until next time. Have you ever Googled your own name? Prepare for a shock because your personal info, including addresses and phone numbers, is all out there. It's all harvested by data brokers and sold legally. Aura is a personal digital security service that scans the internet for your sensitive information and provides a full suite of privacy-enhancing tools. For a limited time, Aura is offering listeners a 14-day free trial at Aura.com safety. That's A-U-R-A dot safety to learn more and activate the 14-day trial period. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you have no idea where it's going? Well, I know it's all of those subscriptions. I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and I had them cancel the ones I didn't want anymore. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year. 
with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash pod24. That's rocketmoney.com slash pod24. rocketmoney.com slash pod24.